Welcome. My name is James, one of the pastors here. Uh, we're in a series uh, where we're studying this topic of prayer. Uh, we've been looking at a, f- a few aspects of prayer that we really felt like the Holy Spirit was leading us to uh, talk about. The Bible's full of different kinds of prayers. Uh, and so we wanted to hit uh, really the essence of it, the power of it. Jordan's sermon last week was amazing. If you missed it, go listen to it. Uh, just the sovereignty of God in prayer. Uh, and today, uh, I want to talk about a specific uh, kind of praying that, that Jordan mentioned called intercessory prayer. I want to talk to you about and, and hear what God says about th- this idea of, of we bring in heaven by prayer through power and, and God's kingdom, the way things are in heaven, come to earth through prayer. I want to talk about interceding for each other in prayer. So um, specifically though, I, I want to talk to you about a kind of praying that, that is very powerful, okay? It, it's, I want to talk about the, a way to have a DNA of prayer that is very effective, and we all want to be effective in prayer. So, so this is going to be a really good sermon on that. One of the ways our friendship with Jesus postures us to pray is to intercede and intercede with fervency. So here's the main text. This is a verse in the Bible, few verses in the Bible that have in good ways haunted me, okay? And so I'm excited to preach and teach on them if they've ever kind of bugged you and go, how does this work? So here's the verse. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Okay, just so you know, the, the NIRV says it's powerful. It makes things happen. The NAS says can accomplish much. The Holman Standard Version says the urgent request of a righteous person is very powerful in its effects. And then he uses an Old Testament example. Now, if you're brand new to the Bible, we all once were, so don't feel bad if you don't know this character because that's not the point. But here's his point. If you know Elijah... He says this, borrowing from Elijah the prophet, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was a human being. He had fears. You know, 1 Kings 17 says he got hungry, just like us. And he prayed fervently that it may not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. So intercessory prayer. Here's what we need to see. In context, Elijah is an example of him interceding for God's people with God's power through prayer. And that's what I want for us. It's really amazing. If, well, you know, what? let me say this. If you're not a Christian, really glad you're here. Um, I would encourage you to just test God. Be like, in, in, in a good way, you can test him is um, believe and, and ask him, say, God, if you're real, show me who you are today. But if you are a believer, this sermon is primarily for you. And, and let me ask you this. How many of you, if asked, hey, describe your prayer life. Could you describe your prayer life for me? Your answer would be, it's, it's fervent. You'd be like, oh man, you should see my prayers. They're earnest. I can't wait to pray. They're very powerful. They're effective, right? How many of you show hands? You'd be like, this, you should get me to pray because I'm earnest. Well, this is what the Bible says. And so I want to know how do we get that? I I want us to be a church known for that. 
And, and one of the keys you need to hear, because listen, I know there's some of you in here right now, as soon as I got all passionate, you were like, that's not gonna be me, okay? You have all these excuses. You could even have something lying to you saying you would never have a fervent prayer life like that, that God's gonna hear. Now, here's my point. That's what James says. His, his whole thing is, eh, that's wrong. Elijah was a man just like us. I think some of us here would actually say, God doesn't hear my prayers or God hears that person's prayers and he doesn't hear Mine, I think God wants to sit next to you this morning and he wants to transform that. And so, so how many of you wanna have a transformed prayer life? Do you want that? Yeah, say, I want that. I want that. You guys can say it, come on, let's wake up. It's 10.30, no excuses, be alive, 10.30. Okay, now here's what I, I wanna be really clear today, okay? Uh, I sense God wants to awaken the shore. So if you call this home, this is you, you're in this sensory <laughs> Uh, it, biblically to awaken in us a fervency for prayer on the North shore. Specifically, I'm not talking about other kinds of praying, like, like praying and confessing and praying in adoration and praying in thanksgiving. Those are all beautiful ways to pray. I'm talking about interceding for God's kingdom. I'm talking about being a church that, that receives the truth that God's given you power in his word through prayer by his spirit to see lives come to Jesus and to see lives transformed, people set free from guilt and shame and all this stuff and, 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 and that we would participate in heaven's invasion on the North shore in, in evangelism and signs and wonders and in discipling people who know how to disciple others others, that, that you would just go, God, I'm, I want to be active, present, and engaged in the invasion of the kingdom of God by the way of prayer. Andrew Murray, a really good classic theologian who was a missionary, says this, we must begin to believe that God in the mystery of prayer, that God in the mystery of prayer, that God in the mystery of prayer has entrusted with us a force that can move the heavenly world and can bring its power down to earth. This is what I believe God wants you to hear. We must begin to believe. There's a massive spirit of unbelief at the shore. We must begin to believe that God in the mystery of prayer has entrusted us with a force that can move the heavenly world and can bring its power down to earth. So we're gonna pray right now. And I want you to pray and say, Holy Spirit, I invite you this morning to grant in me a work of your spirit to be a participant in seeing your kingdom invade in my life and those around me. You're just, you're praying this quote. Would you grant me a work of your spirit during this sermon to change me? I give you permission, come into my life. I invite you in and make me someone who prays. Really interesting, before we pray, that, that word fervent in the Greek, uh, it, it, it's a compound word. It's actually the same word. It's a compound way uh, to say he really prayed. It, it means he prayed with prayer. And that's what we're asking. God, would you 
Grant in us a work of your spirit that we would be a church that prays with prayer, okay? So I want you to ask God to do that, and I will, and then we'll get into the sermon, okay? Father, I just don't know what you're doing, but I do know that your word speaks to us so powerfully and you speak through your word by your spirit so powerfully. So <clears throat> uh, I, I just believe there are some in this room who are just sleeping spiritually. They're just they're not awake in the war. They're, they're, just, they're, they're just in this wave and they're being tossed under this tow. And, and you have a wake up call for them, but they don't wanna hear your voice. And I don't know why, but I pray Holy Spirit that they would hear it. Show them why they don't wanna hear your voice. And I pray Jesus, you would use my spiritual gifts to teach for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. By the way, that was a prophetic prayer. I've never, I've never had that. Okay, here we go. Uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a, we're gonna, I wanna cast a vision for um, intercessory kingdom invading prayers. I want us to be a church that has in us a vision for a, a, a kind of praying that brings in the kingdom. And I wanna talk about that. And then I wanna look at James 5 briefly and look at three ways you can have fervency. Okay, cool. What do we mean by kingdom invasion prayers? Well, let's talk about this. What is the kingdom of God? Well, the kingdom of God, uh, you know, Jesus, wherever he went, he said the kingdom of God is here. Well, this is what we celebrate at Christmas. Like when he came, God invaded the, the, the realm of the enemy, the, the earth, like the God of this world. And, and he brought in the kingdom of God. He, he, he ripped open the dimension of heaven and it came down and freaked everything out. Like it was amazing. God's kingdom comes. Listen, when God's king comes. So the kingdom of God, um, by the way, which, which I think is, makes up most of the praying in the Bible, uh, is wherever the rule of Jesus is. So the kingdom of God is the vision of the world reordered around the purposes and powerful love of God in Jesus. So, so it, it's a, you need to hear this, it's a real, active, dynamic breaking in of a king's life and love in people's hearts in, in people's communities, through people's actions. We're talking about the real king in real people coming in, expelling darkness, light into the world, bringing salvation, bringing his, his glory as things are in heaven on earth. That's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is about making Jesus known. It's about the living and loving invasion of a great God in every part of this world. So what happens when the kingdom of God comes in? What happens? 
Uh, lots of things happen, right? We, you, you are a part of the kingdom of God. If you're a Christian in here and you have the Holy Spirit in you, that invasion began in you. You have the king in you, okay? That's pretty cool. You have Jesus in you by his spirit. The salvation happens. And with that comes liberty to captives from sin, darkness. It frees you from demonic oppression. Luke eleven twenty 20 says, it if by the finger of God that I cast out demons, this is Jesus, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So, so guilt, shame, idolatry, it changes us. We're saved. Listen, this is really important. We're saved from and for. That always has to, to consume your mind when you come to read the Bible, when you go to live out your walk with Jesus, is that you are saved you know, from slavery and for freedom. You're saved from shame and for glory. You are saved from sin and for following a savior. You're saved from the kingdom of darkness and for the kingdom of light that we are ambassadors, you know, 2 Corinthians 5 says, that God is making his appeal through you. Like you're the kingdom, God, Jesus in you is the kingdom coming. Like that, that we are to, to Psalm 127, uh, you know, bind up the brokenhearted, heal the brokenhearted, bind up their wounds. That this is what you're, you're to wake up and to be present and engaged with. This is what we're called to be fervent for. Let me ask you, is this your heart? Is this your heart? Don't, 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 let's not play like I'm preaching and you're gonna decide if this is a good sermon or not. You need to ask right now where you're sitting, is this my heart? Is this my heart? Is, the, is, is my heart, Father, your kingdom has come in heaven, cause it to come on earth, cause it to come in my school, in my house, in my neighborhood, in my family. Is this your heart? Is this your father? Your, your will is done in heaven. Make it done on earth. Make it done in my workplace, on, in, on my street, in North Van and West Van, Uganda, all over the world. Would you just, when, when you pray for the sick, if you pray for the sick, you should pray for the sick. I would encourage you pray, God, would you allow your kingdom to come in this person's body here on earth as it is in heaven where there's no disease or no pain, would you give us a glimpse of heaven breaking in and what's gonna come when you come finally one day, okay? When Jesus sent out the 72, he says this in Luke 10, nine, heal the sick in it, so in the town and say to them what? The kingdom of God has come near to you. Here's what we need to know, okay? How many of you, when you think of heaven, you think like, you know, past the Milky Way, you know, way far, angels are like, oh, okay, where are we going? Let's go, it's gonna take us like 20 hours. We think like that, we think heaven's like so far away. Just so you know, the early Palestinian uh, people and, and first century scholars, and most people, if you just read good commentators, uh, will, will say that heaven's a dimension here on earth, meaning, meaning like heaven is, is, is really close at hand. When they heard the word heaven, they heard in the heavens are all around us. So when you think of heaven, don't think we don't way past the sun. We live in a multi-dimensional universe. Heaven is one of those dimensions. It's very close at hand, Jesus said. When Jesus is praying father in heaven, he's praying father all around us, father very close at hand. When he says, I only hear what the father's doing, he's not like cutting this huge radio up there. Like he is right there with Jesus. Do you, do you have a vision for prayer for this? Let me ask you, do you believe, and you, you just have to answer this. This is not like, oh, let's, don't, 
Don't try to critique me, okay? Ask your soul, soul, do I believe Jesus is still doing the works Jesus does through us? Do you believe John 14, 12, for your life and for the North Shore? Here's what he says. Whoever believes in me, okay, so show of hands, you believe in Jesus. Raise your hand if you believe in Jesus, okay? Sorry to put some of you on the spot. You're like, well, I kind of half believe. I'm still close. Um, that's awesome. You should, you know, I hope you raise your whole hand. So this is you. If you rose your hand, this is true for you. Here's what he says. Whoever believes in me will also do, what's, what, what does it say? The works that I do. Do you believe that Jesus is telling the truth? Yes, I do. And in greater works, and every good studier of the Bible just means greater in like width. There's gonna be more believers doing the things that he did. Because I'm going to the Father, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. Why? Why would he do that? For the first thing we, we pray in the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be thy name, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, here's what you need to see. When we pray in Jesus' name, we're praying to God on the basis, on the basis, compassion and goodness of Jesus, not ours. We're praying on the basis, compassion and goodness and authority of Jesus that he got when he rose from the dead and conquered Satan. Just, you know, when, when he came on this earth, the Bible alludes to the fact, both in Revelation and, and uh, in Jesus' parable, binding the strong man, that he bound Satan. That Satan's, now he's just trying to get as much damage in because he's done. But, but here's, what I, here's what we need to hear, the dimensions here. L listen, in Matthew 28, Jesus said, go and make disciples, baptize the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teach them to obey all of command. And then what did he say? I am what? With you. He's really with you. Like he's actually with you. So let me show you some cool verses. I'll just show you one because I don't have time. Acts 9.34, but you can read this. I'd encourage you to read Acts. Acts 9.34, Peter says this. And Peter said to him, Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. There's another place where Peter heals a guy on the way into worship and uh, they're all like amazed that Peter has his power. He's like, this is not by my power or even my, even my own godliness. This is by Christ who rose. Jesus is still doing the kingdom of God. This is what you need to feel. This is what the spirit wants you to sense today through the word of God. And my question to you is, do you believe that? Like what if we decided to be a church, a people, that woke up every day and asked God, where do you want me to intercede? Where are you invading? Like God, who needs releasing from darkness and lies? I don't know if you've ever prayed that. Have you ever prayed that? You walk into a room and go, God, where are you at work? Where are you at work? Who needs to hear the goodness? about where I find hope, rest, trust, and joy. And I, and li, li, listen, I like, I, I just, okay. So the other day I was just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm practice what I preach. And, and so I'm in, you know, uh, I shouldn't go off my notes, but I'm going to, uh, oh, what's the community center near 
near uh, Park 8. Is it Park 8 Community Center? Okay. So I'm in that community center. And, you know, uh, and I'm just, I'm asking, I'm like, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? I hear nothing, you know, so just keep listening to my sermon. And, and but I'm, I'm like, God, I just, I believe that you want to invade all the time through, through believers. And so, uh, anyway, as I'm walking, I'm walking in and there's this guy who comes in who's wearing like a clearly satanic vest and all these kind of things. And I hear in my head, Isaiah 40, verse five, and I'm like, Oh no, you're doing it. This is so weird. I can't do this. You know, I was like, okay, I, I take it back. I don't care what you're doing anymore. <laughs> Just let me live my safe life and work out. Um, and I'm like, Isaiah 40 or five. I'm like, hey, if this is, you know, I'm just, I don't, I'm literally like a weird guy walking in the park gate while he goes upstairs to do something. And I'm like, no, man, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do this. So anyways, I wrote him a little note and put Isaiah for it. And I just told him, I think, I just exactly said to him, hey, this is really weird for me too, but uh, this is what I felt God wanted me to tell you. And, and uh, this was into my notes. So I'm gonna show you what Isaiah 40, verse five. He manifested really weird and then just told me that he, he, I'm telling this to the wrong guy, but I felt like he cried for one split second. I don't even know what Isaiah 40, verse five says, but here's what it says. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord is spoken. All right, but do you do that? Here, here's my point. What if you do that? Listen, I want to be marked or I want to be known. Okay, let's give us some time because you guys are all like, well, I don't know if I want to do that. You have to. Uh, but uh, let's say like in three years from now, I want to be known as the shore church people. Man, they, they, they crazy, okay? You met a shore church? They pray heaven in. Those people, you can't even meet with someone from the shore without getting prayed for. Like, that's what I want us to be known for, people that pray. If you're a parent, okay, let me show you two books. Teach your kids the most powerful weapon in the universe about prayer, what every child should know about prayer. Great, fantastic book. And then five things to pray for your kids. Those are gonna be at the welcome table. I don't know if we're sold out, but you can buy these two. Um, let me make something clear, okay? Super clear. Praying the invasion of the kingdom is not a name it and claim it, health, wealth, prosperity, self-enriched garbage. That's not what this is. Rather, it's a magnifying of that Christ rose from death and he's really living and his love is really real and we wanna show you that because this is what God is doing. L l listen, yes to healing, yes to people being free from demonic influence and yes to, to supernatural obedience and, and yes to, to prophetic words and, and, and the gifts of the spirit and yes to all of salvation, yes to discipleship, yes. But why, 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 why? For his glorious grace. We should expect to do works Jesus did. Some of us have unbelief and you gotta repent of that today. We should expect to do the works Jesus did, but we should also expect to have the life Jesus lived. In the same conversation with his disciples for them and for us, here's what Jesus says in John 16, 33. In the world, you will have tribulation. Just it, you will have it. 
We're not praying there's no tribulation. That's not the heart of the kingdom invasion. Because he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. Paul, uh, who, who believes in healing, who preached and, and saw many miracles, who preached on resurrection, he preached Romans, like he calls us to operate in the gifts. He calls us to all of this. Here's what he says. He says this in Romans 5. We rejoice in our sufferings. Man, the shore church, they, man, they pray. The shore, they, they, they rejoice in their sufferings. Why? Because knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So kingdom intercession is about the display of the living presence and love and glory of Jesus. He is coming. He wants to set captives free. James, we're about to look at now in our verse, uh, James 1 says, consider a pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds for the same reasons. God's growth, like we need, we need to rejoice in suffering. When is the last time... We actually had that, like the, that joy and rejoicing around this is hard. Okay, so I'm gonna point out three aspects of fervent, powerful prayer. So here, I'll read the, I'll read the whole passage and then we'll just hit three small things because we have some, some things to pray about. Okay, uh, is anyone among you suffering? It'll be on the screen, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let, let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray for him, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And we'll do that today. We have two elders in here and we can pray for, with you. So this is your time. By the way, if your child's sick or is having nightmares or things like that, you bring your child. Um, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now look, look right. If not, most, I'll just say this way. Oftentimes there can be a real correlation with sin. Not only sin that you've done, but sin committed against you or sinful things you're watching. Uh, emotional, spiritual issues, and here's the big one, unforgiveness that needs to be brought into the light for healing to happen. Verse 16, here's what we'll hone in on. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Okay, so here, here's three points. So if you're, if you're taking notes, kids, this is coming up. First one, fervent intercessory prayers that have power as they are working are number one, rooted in faith, rooted in faith. Okay, now let me talk about this. So James, when he's talking about the prayer of faith will, will heal, he is not talking about saving faith. So there's different kinds of faith in the Bible. There's Ephesians 2, where you, where you became a Christian. That was a gift of faith that you believe. That's saving faith. Then, then there's what often the Bible would call uh, or, or describe more as a continued faith, where you're we're believing every day. You wake up and you read your Bible and you believe he's there and he's with you. And it's this, it's this strengthening, encouraging faith. This kind of, this kind of faith... It is, I think, is a spirit-inspired filling faith. It's a supernatural 
faith, and here's the key, which comes oftentimes with those, by the way, if you have the gift of faith, you, you sense this a lot, but for all of us, this is a kind of faith that arises somewhat spontaneously and unexpectedly in our hearts. And here's the key, when we're engaging in the active ministry of intercessory prayer. So, so you all have spiritual gifts, but some of you don't see your gifts. You, don't want, you wanna know why you don't see your gifts? Because you're not serving anyone. Like, like gifts are meant to build others up. So you're not gonna receive power for God's glory for others when you're not interceding, loving, ministering, praying, serving one another. So if you wanna see spiritual gifts and you come alive, start moving towards loving people and serving them. It's the same with this kind of faith. If you wanna see this fervent interceding faith, you actually gotta pray. You actually gotta intercede. Sometimes it's a, it's a sudden supernatural surge of confidence or assurance that God's gonna do something right now, right here. It's a deep, confident trust, I think comes by the way of the spirit. Just, you know, Romans eight says, this is crazy. Romans eight says, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, however that worked, however like a new body was created and Jesus, the second member of the Trinity, re and just whatever happened in that resurrection body, same spirits in you. That is crazy. You guys should walk a lot like, whoa, this is crazy. I could just do this. Seriously though, he's in you. But, but, but here's what I think. I think when it comes to intercessory prayer, not all prayer, you can test me in this, all you Bible scholars, if you want. I believe that there's so many parts in the scripture that say we need to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we need to be full of the Holy Spirit, that we need to pray in the Spirit, that we need to pray by the Spirit. We need to put sin to death by the what? Spirit, here's what I'm trying to say. When you have the spirit residing in you, if you're a believer, but before you go to read the Bible, there's a, there's a spiritual reality that if you don't ask for the Holy Spirit to show you and to open your eyes and to speak into your soul and to minister to you and to meet with Jesus, he still might, because this is a discipline and it's, he's in you. But if you for a month did that and prayed every day, you would profoundly get more of God. Hands down, every discipline is a spiritual reality that I believe we're called to ask the Holy Spirit for power for. What I'm saying is I think it's right and good to invite the Holy Spirit for power when we're interceding. We say, Holy Spirit, we invite you to reveal and work this miracle to speak to this demonic spirit. We ask you to come and work in power. Give us wisdom to hear. James says, you need to ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom if you don't know how, like, we need to be an active, engaging friendship with God, with the Holy Spirit. Too many of us had just lived dead lives because we're not asking the Holy Spirit to do what he came to do. Are you with me on that? All right, let's go to number two. Fervent intercessory prayers that have power as they are working are number one, rooted in faith. Number two, rooted in right relationship. He says here, confess your sins. This permeates the teaching of Jesus, okay? In the Lord's prayer, he teaches us to pray, forgive us as we forgive those who sinned, what, against us. Sure, unforgiveness is the most frequent block to freedom, to wounds being healed 
and I would argue is the cause of most of the difficulties in your life. Okay, I like one motto I heard from one ministry. Unforgiveness, okay, you'll like this. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting it to hurt the other person. Ask the Holy Spirit. Okay, if you're a teenager in here, look right at me. If you're in your teens, you guys over here, look up here. I, I, believe, I believe this part is for you, which is really weird. So I'm gonna tell you what it is, ready? I want you guys to ask the Holy Spirit if you have not forgiven or asked for forgiveness for something you've done or something that was done to you. And if, if he tells you, this is for everyone too, if he tells you who that is, you have to obey him. You can't not obey God on that and expect anything. Look at, he loves you. He forgives you. All your sin is forgiven in Christ, but confession needs to be specific so that specific forgiveness and healing can replace the sin and wound of your life. Some of you have, have, have forgiven, and this is, this is specifically for you. So when you teenagers come to take communion, some of you have forgiven, either your dad for neglecting you or something happened in your life. You've forgiven them, but you have not received his mercy. You might know you're saved, but you haven't said, Jesus, I know I'm forgiven. If you live in a sphere where you need to forgive yourself, you don't believe the gospel. You need to receive, when you take communion, I am forgiven by Jesus. Ask him to do that in your life. Number three, fervent intercessory prayers that have powers, they are working. So they're rooted in faith, rooted in right relationship. Root, this is really important, rooted in a gospel devoted friendship with God. So James uh, says it this way, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now I wanna be really clear on this one. Every word up there is chosen. So I wanna know how do I become a righteous person who's got power? Here's my answer I believe is in the Bible. You have to have, it has to be rooted in a gospel devoted friendship with God. So, so let me explain what I mean. I believe there are spirits at times that will lie to you to actually get you to not pray. They will use this verse, the same way Satan used verses in front of Jesus, they will use this verse to say, you're not good enough, you're not righteous enough, God's not gonna hear you, you shouldn't pray. Here's the problem with that. That's a lie. It's a huge lie. In Jesus' eyes, you are perfectly righteous because in receiving by faith the death for your sin and resurrection for your life, you have procured the perfect righteousness of God. In the dimension of the heavenly realm, even the demons know this, it's as if you've done everything Jesus has. It's as if you have obeyed God perfectly. You right now are so righteous in heaven because of the finished work of Christ that there's nothing you can do to unearn or, or take that away from you. You are completely righteous. If someone asks you, hey, what's the essence of being a Christian? You say, my righteousness is in Christ. My perfect record before the Father is Jesus. That's a Christian, they're in Christ. So you don't believe that. 
and then you pray. But let me say a few things. Do not believe also the lie that God will only act if you say a perfect prayer. Some people, some people have to have like this perfect prayer, this God sees your heart. He loves you. Okay, so what is this? I think the prayer of a righteous person is speaking of the level of friendship you have with Jesus. Okay, so, so follow me here. To say this another way, we don't lose relationship with God. You, you, you don't lose the righteousness of God. That was finished. You can't somehow, he can't unrate, like this, you can't lose the righteousness that was accomplished for you and every sin being paid for. However, you can through, big word, disobedience, drift from him in intimacy and open yourself up to other things. You can lose sensitivity and focus and ability to hear the spirit. So I believe James is referring to the person whose heart, so you need to ask yourself this, whose heart is patterned and postured and passionate for God. That you can say, honestly, Lord, right now, there is no obstacle that, it, that, is, that is disobedient that is keeping me from you. Okay, so I believe the righteous person he's talking about is a, is a soul that can honestly say, and you need to ask yourself, honestly, can you say right now where you're sitting, can you say, as far as I know, there's not anything hindering my love for you and life lived for you. Can you say that? That's what he's talking about. Brothers, if you have been watching nudity and not confessing that, there's cleaning to do. There's repentance. Husbands, if, if you've been neglecting your spouse and the spirit has been showing you and you've been using her or wishing you had someone else, that's a big deal. Let me give you a verse because I love you. Look at this. First Peter 4 says this, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded. Why? For the sake of your prayers. Likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. There, there is something in our obedience and our friendship with God that if there's something in the way, we need to clean out. Look, look right at me. I believe Jesus wants to tell you that you can be free from lust and porn. You can be free from it. Some of you don't think you can be. You can be free from it. He loves you. He's not here to condemn you. John 17 says he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to set you free. You can, be, you can be free from the stuff that was done to you. You can be free from the identity that someone has put on you. But look right at me, you have to give that up. So if you say here right now, I'm not giving up that show. I actually like that show. I don't care what you say. I'm gonna go watch it after church. Don't come for prayer. Don't, it's, it's not gonna change. If you're not willing to give up and repent of the thing the Holy Spirit is showing you to repent of because he loves your friendship. You're not gonna see great answers to prayer. Now he's answering prayer right now, so he's gonna answer some prayer, but you need to bring it to the light. Listen, if you've been taking advantage of someone and you know you have, you, you've been harboring bitterness, 
You've been robbing God. You don't tithe, you don't give, you just rob him. You spend all your money and nothing goes to other people. You hold back from him. You verbally cut down people. You need to confess that. You have to confess that. And you need to repent. And, the, and, and you're forgiven. Look, if you have something so obvious that God's friendship is being hindered, it's not that you're not saved. You're saved, you're going in. It's, or, or that God won't answer all your prayer. Is, is there's a relationship that he, he moves from, that he knows. Listen, that the demonic know. When you say Jesus name, there's nothing, there's so much power there. Let me ask you this, can you pray this prayer every day? I pray this prayer every day. God's been pruning me. So it's a dangerous prayer. But if you can't pray this right now, you need to be on your knees when we respond. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, try me and know my thoughts and just see if there be any grievous way in me. And then here's the key, because we can't do it. And lead me in the way of everlasting. He will answer the lead me, but ask him to lead you. I can't get this out, God. Lead me. Some of you right now, the Holy Spirit is really speaking loud. Praise God for that. If he's speaking to you right now, oh. Repentance is the one most wonderful gift. Most wonderful gift. Okay. I love you. We got to pray. We, got, we have some big things to pray about. You ready? So, so we're talking about interceding. And, and a vision for it. Um, I have some big news. Uh, I'll just say it so you're not like, what is it? Uh, we've been told we have till the end of June to be in this movie theater. So we have seven months left and we're uh, homeless on a Sunday gathering, which is very exciting. It's really exciting because it just means like God has this next season for us. And, and, and listen, I got to tell you, like the, in the sovereignty of God, like our three-year lease on the hub space, uh, if this is your home, you know what I'm talking about, uh, that also ends like same time. And so God is up to something. He's moving in and through this body and he keeps shutting every door for me. And I'll tell you why I think he is. So I visited probably eight churches. I've talked to the mayor. I'm like, I'm just gonna come to the church with this big, you know, here's where we're going. Door shut, door shut, door shut, door shut, door shut. Even recently, more door shuts, more door shuts. And I'm like, okay, I think he really wants us to pray. Like, I think he's like, this is not gonna be a James thing. So we have no answers. And I love that. I'm really excited about that. We need to pray. So we're gonna, we're gonna really move into a season of prayer for the shore, like huge, okay? We're gonna have a huge time of fasting in January. This Tuesday, we're gonna just throw this on you like in a few days, two days. We're gonna have an evening of, of, of prayer and fasting that day. If you can fast on Tuesday, at 7.30 at the hub to nine, we're gonna meet, so if your kids are in bed, we're just gonna meet and just on our knees, we're gonna intercede, we're gonna do that once a month in our community groups, in your own life. Will you just, will you begin to pray, you know, go a little charismatic, put your hands on whatever building you want and just ask for it. Uh, but we also wanna hear from you. Like I wanna hear like, so here's a prayer list that we're gonna pray right now in groups. Um, but, but I'm just so excited for reaching the lost. 
God is here. He's come to make disciples. That is the greatest fruit of the kingdom of God. And I believe he's gonna do this. So I wanna pray for more opportunities to make Jesus known. Look, I want, I want a space that's even way more killer for youth, way more bigger and better for Alpha, way more, like we just, where we can do Sundays in, in a new way. And, and, and st- listen, if you have had ministry uh, things that you've wanted to see happen, but because we meet in a movie theater, you've never brought it up, that's what I want. I wanna just see what God wants to do. And, and so will you pray for that? Would you pray that God would speak to you? If you, have, if you have prophetic dreams and that's part of your life or you hear words, we wanna hear them. Email them, talk to us. Um, if you have gifts and new ways of leadership, we're, we're starting a task force team. And so if you feel like this is your jam, like the moment I brought it, you're like, boom, where can I go? I got ideas. <laughs> Uh, l- listen, you got, you got to commit to fasting twice a month and pray every day. But if you want to be on this task force of finding a building and going through all the details once we get leads, come talk to me right after. The other thing the Spirit put on my heart this morning is if you have, even if you're a young person, if God's used you to like pray and you love praying for people, you have this zeal for intercessory prayer, like this whole sermon, you were like, yes. Uh, will you join our prayer team? So come talk to me and we'll get you on the prayer team and we're gonna pray now. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, oh, by the way, pray, some of you have the spiritual gift of giving, okay? You have literally a spiritual gift that comes alive when you wanna give. Will you start giving now? Just, you know, here's a quarter update of where we are financially. Uh, so this is, this is like our first quarter. That's really healthy. We're about $40,000 behind right now. Uh, but man, we're praying and fasting as elders just for the giving and just, you know, if you, if, if God seems to bless you and have a gift for it, please pour into this ministry. We have no idea. We have no leads. We have no idea where we're going next. So we have seven months to freak out and pray. Okay. But we're not going to freak out because it's exciting. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to get together in groups of two or three right now. So you three.